Hey, good morning. Uh, my name is David Soren. I am the lead pastor here at uh, Renovation Church. Uh, how many of you like uh, superhero movies? Raise your hand if you're okay. Look at you. That's that's great. A lot of you. You know, I've actually been always been. They're they're fine. Uh, I've been always more of a, a sci-fi fantasy guy myself. Chronicles of Narnia, uh, Lord of the Rings. You know that that sort of thing. But the one superhero franchise that I've, I've always liked a bit more than the others is the X-Men, right? Where the mutants all have different special powers, and no matter what movie or TV show you you seem to watch with them, there always seems to be one character who can read minds. Now listen, this is not a friend that you want in your life, right? (laughs) Think about this. What if you had a friend or a family member that could at any time just read your mind? What would they find? What would they hear? You know, I think for many of us, our minds are in worse shape right now than they've been in a long time. Our mental health, what we think about, has been disrupted. Uh, which is the name, by the way, of the teaching series that we're in, Disrupted. And we're talking about how a number of key things in our lives have been disrupted by the virus and are having negative spiritual effects on our lives. And so today, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about how our minds have been disrupted by all of this, and, and especially how we can get them back focused on Jesus Christ. Because this is so critical. What you spend your day thinking about affects you. It really affects you. Some have said it this way, where the mind goes, there the person goes. Where the mind goes, there the person follows. And so I want you to spend some time this morning thinking about what you've been thinking about lately. What has your thought life been like these last few months? So as you think about everything that's going on or you think about the future, have your thoughts been mostly positive or have they been mostly negative? How much have you been thinking about God lately? Or has he been kind of absent from your thoughts? Another way to get at this is ask, when you get together with like your close family and friends and you share your thoughts with them, what are they? What were your thoughts? I think the challenge is, as our lives have been so disrupted, I feel that so many of us, and myself included, I, I feel that we've let worry and fear, anxiety, even hatred, just have free reign in our minds. Now, thankfully, the Bible has a whole lot to say about getting your minds back on track. If you brought a Bible, I want you to open it up. Uh, if, if, you, if you didn't, you have the Renovation Church app, certainly open that up. We've got a number of verses. You know, lots of times we just go through a passage. Sometimes we look at a topic, and what does Scripture have to say on this? Today we're looking at a topic. So there's a number of verses, so you might want to have the Renovation Church app open, Outdoor Services Weekly Verses, and you can see it all there. And I think that would be helpful for you if you have it in front of you. Uh, in a few weeks, uh, we're going to have a screen again where you can see it, which is going to be uh, amazing. I never thought I would miss a screen so much. Okay, so take a look at this teaching from Jesus, Matthew chapter 12, uh, verse 35. Jesus says this. He says, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. Okay, so how do things even get stored up in you? Honestly, most of the time, it's through your mind. Because every day, you're putting godly thoughts into your mind, and you're also sometimes letting evil or non-godly thoughts into your mind. And the results of all the different thoughts that are bouncing around in your mind factory, as you can think of it, the results of all those thoughts bouncing around 
end up being your actions, end up being the way you live. In fact, if you read through the Gospels in the, uh, in the New Testament, so that's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see this sort of inside-out principle taught on quite often uh, by Jesus. And this is why controlling your mind, controlling what you think about is so important. And this is also why I think the disruption of our minds is such a serious issue over the last six months because we've been knocked off kilter and I think our minds are focusing on things that they maybe weren't even focusing on six months ago. And it's serious because your mind is the battleground for your life, quite literally for some people. You think about this. In the book of Genesis in the Bible, When the devil undertook a plan to draw Eve away from God, he didn't hit her with a stick, he hit her with an idea. So you must be prepared to battle. And honestly, even though the Bible speaks quite often about the mind, most Christians, I find, aren't even in the fight. They almost never think about what they think about. Their minds are just going wild. They're going unrestrained. Maybe this has been your mind lately, right? At night, you're just thinking or you're driving in your car and you're like, oh, what if this, what if the pandemic gets worse this fall? And uh, what if I lose my job? And what if the kids, like when the kids go to school, like what if this happens? And then, oh, what if, and you know who I can't stand? This is who I can't stand, right? And you know, and I just, uh, and you're just letting these thoughts just have free reign and they're just bouncing around in your mind. Meanwhile, they've got your soul in some sort of chokehold and you're not even fighting back. It's time to fight back. It's time to give control of your mind back to Jesus again. Thankfully, God tells us exactly how to do that. Look at the next verse if you have the, the app still open. Or if you have your Bible, you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. This is verse 3. Paul writes this. He says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with as Christians are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. (laughs) That would have been great if that happened right when I made a joke. Uh, But I was reading the scriptures. Uh, Okay. All right. I can't believe this. We, I promise we're going inside in a couple of weeks. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And look at this. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I just love this imagery. It says you are to take your thoughts and you are to take them captive. You're to grab them to stop them from just roaming around your mind, to take them captive, to box them up and hand them over to Jesus. What did it say? It said, take them captive and make them obedient to Jesus Christ. If we're going to grow in this as Christians, we have to be much better at policing our minds. It's just shocking what we let exist up there sometimes. So how do you battle? How do you actually do this? Let's just get so practical today. How do you actually fight in this battle for your mind? How do you take a cat thought captive? If, you're, if your mind's just been so disrupted and you feel like you're losing the battle up there, how do you do this? What I want to do is I, I want to give you three steps on how to do this. And if you feel like you're even moderately struggling with this lately, I want you to write this down. If you don't have anything to write with, honestly, you can just write, you put it in the notes part of your phone. There's a place for notes even in our app or just write it somewhere. I just feel like this is going to be helpful to you. So here's how you can get control of your mind back. Step number one, take your thought 
captive. That's just step number one. That's right what the scripture says. Take your thought captive. So that means you grab it and you say, okay, Lord, I see it. I see it. I'm going to stop thinking that way. It's not true. That's not helpful. That's just increasing fear and bitterness in my life. I'm not going to keep dwelling on it. To take it captive is to lock it up, to put it out of your mind. But you're going to find that that's actually quite difficult to do especially if these thoughts have just kind of had free reign in your mind the last couple of months. And so you're going to need help. And here's where step two comes in. Now, step one was take your thought captive. Step two is surrender it to God in prayer. Surrender it to God in prayer. So you got to say, okay, Lord, I, I, I got it. I'm trying to make it obedient to you. But Jesus, I need your help. I am powerless over this. I need your power to take this from me. I need your help, Father. And then step three is this. So step one was take your thought captive. Step two, surrender to God in prayer. And step three is refocus your mind on God's truth. This is so important. If you're going to stop thinking about something, you actually have to think about something else. It won't work if you only try and stop thinking about it. Like, let me give you an example of this. Uh, I want everybody to think, just pay attention to this right now. If you're a kid or an adult, I want everyone sitting out here right now to stop thinking about purple unicorns. Whatever you do, do not think about purple unicorns. What did you just do, kids? What did you just think of? A purple unicorn, right? Well, it's the same thing. If you're trying to get control of your mind, going like, stop worrying. Oh, I'm worrying too much. Stop worrying. Stop it. It doesn't work, right? You just end up exponentially worrying about more things. You've got to refocus your mind from lies to truth. You see this process described elsewhere in the scriptures as well. So Ephesians chapter four, Paul says this. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, right? It's taking your thoughts captive, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, right? You're refocusing on truth created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It's essentially the same process. Okay, so let's try and talk through these three steps with a real life example. So about 75% of our church or so uh, has a school-age kids. And by the way, we have an enormous amount of teachers in our church. I, I like Two out of three of you are teachers for our profession. I'm exaggerating, but we, just, we have a ton of them. So let's just use this as an example. Uh, let's say that your mind over the last month or so keeps going to the upcoming school year. And you keep playing these feelings of fear and frustration and anger and worry sort of over and over again on repeat. But let's say tonight, maybe for the first time in a long time, you actually notice yourself thinking about these things because you're doing what we're talking about. You're thinking about what you're thinking about. You're policing your mind. And you realize this, you stop, you kind of stop yourself and you go, this isn't even good for me. I guess it's raising my blood pressure. I'm getting stressed out. Plus, what can I, what power do I have to even do anything about this? And you catch yourself, right? You begin to take it captive. So let's walk through the steps. If that's your thing, you're worrying about the upcoming school year. So what would you do? You notice it. So step number one, you take it captive. You go, okay, God, I just need to stop. Because most of the time we never even stop. We just let it free reign. So I, God, I need to take this thought captive. I, I need to stop. That's just step one. 
Okay, step, step two, you surrender to God in prayer. So you just say, Lord, here's the deal right now. I am, I'm just, I'm thinking about this upcoming year and I'm, I'm stressing out. I, I'm worrying and I just, Jesus, I need your help. I need your help to, 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 to not do that. Would you just help take this thought out of my mind? And then you move to step three. And that's where you've got to refocus your mind from lies to truth, from worry to something solid. And you say, okay, God, I got to focus on your truth. I, I was in church this morning and I heard this incredible truth from Linda about you had a plan in Joseph's life, God, and I believe that you are in control. So God, I'm going to stop this worrying thing because I know that you have all things plan, that you hold everything in the palm of your hand, and I'm going to trust in that tonight, Jesus. You see the process? You take it captive, you take it to Jesus, you refocus on truth. Now, because we're sinful humans, you might go through that process, and then 60 seconds later, you might have to go through it again, right? That's just the life sometimes. You might have to do it 20 times a day. You know, for some sitting here or, or, or listening online, the battle might be so intense in your life right now that it would be helpful for you to see a Christian counselor to help you just sort of better process through some of these chronic thoughts that you're having in your mental health. If you think you might need that in your life, would you reach out to your house leader or to a staff member and we can get you hooked up with something like that? And for every single one of us, Listen, it is okay to go through these three steps 20 times a day. I actually don't think that most Christians realize that the battle for holiness almost exclusively takes place in your mind. See, your actions are just the results of what you've already decided in your mind. You you might even be aware of this process. You might go, okay, I know this. I take a thought captive, surrender to God. Don't write this off just because you have knowledge of this. Knowledge and mastery are not the same thing. I know very few people that have anything anywhere even close to mastery when it comes to godly control of their mind. And please, don't be afraid to be honest with God about what you're thinking about, right? To just go to God and say, Lord, this is what I've been thinking about lately. I know it's not of you. I know it's not good. But this has just been bouncing around in my mind, and I, and I need your help. You've got to be honest with them, because remember, God is no ordinary friend. For most of us, if our friends, if your friend knew everything in your life for the, that is going to the Minneapolis airport or something. Okay, uh, if, if your friends knew everything in your life, right, most of us, uh, would they even be in, in our friend 24 hours later? But here's a great truth truth for you. Jesus Christ already lives in your mind. You know, Psalm 139, 2, it says, God says, God knows your thoughts. He knows your thoughts. Think about this. He knows your every thought, and still he said, I'm going to send my son Jesus to die for them. That's how much I love them. God is for you. He's not against you. So work with him on this. You might have noticed that in order to do step three, which is to refocus your mind on God's truth, you're going to need to know God's truth. And the more you know of it, the easier it is to do. This takes us back to last week. We talked about the important habit of just being in God's word every day. Learn God's words because it's paramount to you fighting this battle. I would even challenge you to start memorizing more scripture. Like, What if you memorized one Bible verse a month? Even by the end of this calendar year, you'd have four verses. 
right? And the more of God's word that you know, the more swords you have in your arsenal. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, that's the famous uh, armor of God passage, we learn that the sword in the armor, armor is the Bible. It's the sword of the spirit. It's how we fight the battle in our minds. Psalm 119 says it this way, 119.11. It says, I have hidden your word in my heart. I'm memorizing and it's deep within me. And why? Why does it say? It says, so that I might not sin against you. And there's such a blessing in working this process. I mean, I think since this disruption occurred, way too many of us, we are overstressed, we are overworried, we are overanxious. It's just time to give your mind back to God again, isn't it? And the Bible gives you this great promise. It's one of my favorite Bible verses, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. It tells you this. It says, you, is talking to God, you, God, will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. If you keep your mind focused on truth, focus on God, he will keep you in peace. Don't you need that? Oh, I just want that. So just refocus your mind. You will be amazed. You will be amazed if you focus your mind on God, what the mind factory will produce in the actions of your life. It will amaze you. You will see a difference in your life, even in one week, if you just begin to refocus your mind back on Jesus Christ. So start thinking about what you're thinking about and work the process. And you're going to do great, okay? All right. Hey, uh, before I step down, I'm wondering if you just give me just like three more minutes to just talk about uh, something pressing happening in our, our church right now. Uh, you will? Great, thanks uh, for your approval. Okay, uh, as you all know, in just 21 days, uh, we are moving um, back inside that building right there. However, uh, we actually have a problem uh, that I need to talk to you about uh, this morning, and that is uh, we don't actually right now have enough volunteers to hold services inside. Um, and the main reason is because too many of our people that uh, used to serve and have served for years have informed us that they won't be serving uh, this fall. And at this point, we are at a risk of uh, canceling our services uh, and having to move back to online services. And so I wanted to talk to you about that today because I think that's a serious thing for our church. Now, again, as I say uh, basically every week, if you are a vulnerable or you have virus concerns, and you're going to be watching from home, honestly, you can just tune me out for a second. If you are new around here, you never served before, you're kind of just checking out, maybe you're checking out Jesus. Honestly, again, you can just tune me out for the next two or three minutes. But I'm really talking to those of you that this is your church. This is your church body. And you've served here, you maybe served here for years. But you've informed your ministry leader that you won't be serving this fall. If you are a longtime attender of this church and you're coming inside with us, which the vast, vast majority of you are, serve with us. Serve with us. I think what's happening in our church right now, I would just say to you, it's not us. This isn't us. I think this is a product of us being isolated for three to six months. It's just this natural turn inward that's happened with so many of us. You know, for for basically a decade now, we've called ourselves the anti-consumerism church. We say this all the time, right? We say we are not a cruise ship or a what? We are a rowboat. Not a cruise ship or a rowboat. We all pick up an oar together. Even when the waves are high. That's what the body of Christ does. 
each and every single one of us has a job to do. We have a a part of the body. We have a, a role to play, a place to serve. And we serve each other. And we serve that our, our guests that are coming to hear about Jesus. You know, for years now, around 80% of our church serves. That's incredible. I mean, it's really different for a typical church. Almost 80% of our church serves. That's basically almost everyone if you count like the guests and people that are coming to hear about Jesus. But what happens is, and this is what's going to happen unless we do something about this, if we flip that around and now we have the inverse and now the vast majority of us, even us, If the vast majority of us come and we just listen for our own sakes, then this church will sink under the weight of our own consumerism. This is what Christians do. We serve, even when it's hard. Let me ask you a question. For the 40 to 50 million of our brothers and sisters in Christ in China right now who attend the underground church in secret every single week. Do you think that they stop serving just because things have gotten harder the last few years? Do you think they said, you know what, it's a little bit tougher now going to church, so let's just come to church and let's just hear a message? No, right? It's, it's inconceivable because that's not what a disciple of Jesus is. That's not what a part of a body is. If that's what it is, then it's a limp. It's ineffective. It's impotent. That's not what God has called you to, my friend. You're not called to come and consume. You're a part of the body. And so before your head hits the pillow tonight, maybe even before you leave here today, I want you to talk to your ministry leader. And I want you to say, hey, I just... I don't know, for whatever reason, I, I blocked out all my dates and said, I'm, I'm coming inside, but I'm not going to serve. I want you to tell them that I will serve. If you are nervous about your particular role, right? You, you want to come inside, but there's something you're doing in there and it makes you feel a little bit nervous. I would just say to you, then serve somewhere else. You know, one of the things we need a ton of help with is we started a brand new cleaning team. And so we need people in between services or after services to clean, come and clean. Or you can join an AV team or the greeting team. You can find all that information on the serve part of the contact us with our, of our app or our, our website. But please, I just, as your pastor, as your spiritual leader who cares about your soul, who cares about you as a disciple, I plead with you, do not give in to Christian consumerism. Do not come to church and merely consume something for yourself. We are not a cruise ship. If you want to go someplace and go to a church, you're going to have your ears tickled by something and you can come and consume something for you. You can find that, but that's not who we are. And it's not who we ever will be. We are not a cruise ship. We are a church. We're a church on a mission to change the world. You know, there are thousands of lost people in our midst right now. They are lost. Without Jesus Christ, they will spend eternity in hell. And right now, more than ever, and there's so many studies saying this, people everywhere, they are crying out to God and they are looking for answers. And many of them are beginning to flock to churches. And they're saying, God, are you real? I want to find out about you. They're coming to churches. They're looking for answers. May they not come to our church and find our doors closed because we only thought about ourselves. Serve with us. Be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Find a way. Find a way. Let me pray.
Jesus, uh, be with our church right now. God, this has been, uh, what we're experiencing is no different than any other church in America, probably in the world right now, God. As your disciples, so many of us have turned inward. God, we have forgotten about the body. We have forgotten about the lost. Jesus, teach us to serve. Help us. God, may we meet inside. May we have a place to meet in a couple weeks. Rise up. Do something right now, God. May we stand at the end of the day today or the end of this week and know we are ready. We can do this, God. Holy Spirit, would you move in hearts right now? We just ask that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.